Welcome to Fireside Nets, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. We are your hosts. I'm Spen Harris. He's my brother, Nick. And the Nets find themselves down 0-2 against the Philadelphia 76ers in this opening round. Nick, after two two losses, um, different stories to each game. We'll, We'll get into both of them. What are some of your major takeaways from this series so far? Well, I still fucking hate James Harden. He's a loser. Embiid's a beast. We're not going to have any. We are never going to out-rebound the 76ers. We just don't have the size. Uh, I think game two, and we'll get into it tonight, proved that we could play with them, and there is a way to beat them, but we just haven't been able to close games. Mikel Bridges went just disappeared like he normally does towards the end of games. He didn't have a great game all game two, but he always disappears in the fourth quarter no matter what. We rely on Dinwiddie. Cam Johnson had a great game, but that's not going to be enough for us. Uh, I Listen, I mean, we didn't expect to win this series or these games, but it doesn't make it hurt any less when it actually seems like we have a fighting chance and we still blow it. We're doing a lot of things right, um, but we're just not as complete of a team as these Philadelphia 76ers. I expect to take a game at home. I really do. I think home court advantage in the playoffs, especially being a lower seed, you can't expect to win. Uh, especially these first two games are going to be the toughest games in the series. We need some sort of momentum. Uh, we need a game three win. If we go down 0-3, I think we kind of know it's RIP. So, listen, it sucks being down 0-2. It sucks watching this team lose the first two games. First game got out of hand a lot quicker than the second. The second game hurt a little more because I think we actually had a shot. We were up at halftime. We'll get into it. But all I'm saying, man, is it's it's the turning point right here. Could we could we take a game at home? Could we take two games at home and make it a series? Uh, a lot of people are, are a little bit impressed with us being to stay in these us staying in these games. A lot of people expect us to get smoked right off the bat. The fact that we're fighting and showing a little bit of light is a good thing. But no one wants to be down 0-2. Only saving grace is that we're going home. Yeah, uh, we're gonna get into the specifics of, of game two in a minute, but from just looking at this series as a whole, I'm very disappointed with how the Nets role players have played. Just nobody has been able to step up for this team. Um, You know, a few years ago when the Nets were, were in that series with the Bucks, we saw Jeff Green step up and have some monster games. We saw Landry Shamit step up and hit some shots. Um, but outside of those guys, I remember in that series, you really couldn't find offense from anybody. And that was the series that Harden was, was playing on the, the bum hamstring. Uh, fast forward to this series. It was, it was Cam Johnson and, and Mikhail Bridges in game two. It was really just Mikhail Bridges in game one. Cam Johnson had 18, actually had a pretty good shooting game in game one. Um, but outside of those two guys, the next most aggressive player for the Brooklyn Nets has been Seth Curry which is insane because he's like your seventh or eighth guy. That shouldn't be the case. So I've been really disappointed just from the standpoint of guys haven't stepped up and uh, Mikhail Bridges, you know, plays his heart out every single game. I don't know what you're talking about, about him disappearing in the fourth. He just needs more touches down the stretch in the fourth. Um, and Cam Johnson was, was, was what do you mean? Tonight. The all season Mikhail Bridges would average like 36 a game. 
but come crunch time, he would never want the ball in the ball in his hands. It would go to Dinwiddie. Even Royce O'Neal towards the end of the season was taking like big threes at the end of games. I mean, just like check the tape. Mikael yeah, Bridges no, I, is consistent, but he's not a closer. I, I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying they didn't lose game two because Mikael Bridges didn't close out the Sixers. That's not No, but what I'm saying is what else is new? Mikael right. Bridges still doesn't demand the ball. Just, just weirdly critical of Mikael Bridges. That's all. Mikael Bridges became a superstar on this Brooklyn Nets team, but you're not going to be a winning superstar. You're not going to take it to the next level if you're not going to – like, I want the ball in my hands at the end of games, right? Like, I want that. I want to be that guy. Austin Reeves wanted the fucking ball in his hands. Austin Reeves yelled, I'm him, with AD and LeBron James on the court to close out that first game. Uh, who are the Lakers playing? T-Wolves, uh... yep. Yeah, it gets the T-Wolves. No, yeah. no, Grizzlies. No, oh, Grizzlies, Grizzlies. T-Wolves are Nuggets. T-Wolves are Nuggets, yeah. So, so listen, no. I'm not, I'm not shitting on Mikel Bridges. I love Mikel Bridges. He's the heart and soul of his team. I would just like to see a little more, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Mm. With the with, with In the fourth quarter, a little more. You want to see a little more cojones down the stretch. You want to see, you want to see Dinwiddie's basically confidence in clutch situations in Mikel Bridges. And he's got to build up to that. I, I think he'll get there eventually. I I think there will be a time where he'll be comfortable with the ball in his hands and down the stretch. And I, it just hasn't been yet with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, but yeah, just from a standpoint of other than, you know, those two guys, no one's really stepped up uh, role players, your third, third and fourth best player in Dinwiddie and Claxton. Those guys haven't stepped up and, and we'll get into it in a second. Uh, but yeah, that, that's, that's really it. So, all right. Game two, 94, 86, the Sixers take it. The Nets, so I, I, I wrote some things here. So I have the good and I have the bad. So here's the good. Jacques Vaughn's game plan to continue to, to double Embiid and show him different looks, it worked. And they were able to slow down Embiid in that, um, in that first half. They even went small at you know certain points and had Royce O'Neal covering Embiid. And they made life difficult for him. I mean, this was not... Embiid shot eight free throws tonight, right? So he ended up with 20 points. Um, I'm trying to find the stat line. Here you go, Embiid. 20 points, 19 rebounds. He killed us on the glass, seven assists, so almost a triple-double for him. But 20 of his uh, points came from the free throw line. So he had 12 points off of field goals. He was was six of 11 from the field. Um, We did a good job on him defensively. We did a very good job on James Harden. Shout out to Mikhail Bridges, defensive stud. We held Harden to eight points, three of 13 from the field. He did have seven assists, four steals. Um, but out of all the five starters, he was a plus five. He had the lowest plus minus out of all these guys. Um, sorry, I dropped my remote on the floor. Real professional with me. Um, yeah, that was that was great. You know, Harden, we made look slow and thick in this game, and he, and he killed us in game one. Um, Three of 13 from Harden. Yeah, bad, bad game for him. Here's my thing, another, too, with game one. Like, yeah. everyone was like, oh, Harden had a perfect game one. Like, listen, he hit some big shots. He's still not that guy. And, I, and it's annoying because Harden did, like, a closeout motion when he hit a three last game. And then we even crept back in and made, like, a 10-8-point game. I know we're not talking about game one. I just want to go up on Harden for a second because he's not that guy. Maxi is more valuable to this team. Harris is more valuable to this team. Obviously, Embiid is more valuable to this team. So, if I like, yeah. nothing bothers me more than watching Harden ride the coattails 
of the player on his uh, players on his team who actually deserve this. I never hated the Sixers before Harden came to the Sixers. I, I, I don't mind Embiid. He's a good-ass player. I like Maxi. Like, that dude's a hustler. That dude has just been rising up in this league. Even Tobias Harris, I got no problem with. Like, Max Contract Harris, it's a joke. I hate seeing Harden act like he's that dude. Sorry, I just wanted to go on that rant for a second. No worries. You say Tobias Harris like Tobias Funke from uh, Arrested Development. Well, what is it? It's not Tobias. No, it's it's Tobias. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I get Cross. that. And David Cross. I think that Doc Rivers uh, worded it perfectly describing Harden's game one. He said he pitched a, or, or he caught a perfect game. Like, meaning he's a game manager at this point in his career. He's not going for 30, 40 points. And by the way, every single shot Harden made in game one was a step back three. Like, if you, like, he, he could not score in the paint. He was literally just taking unguardable shots that, yeah, he, he can hit every now and again. Um, but Mikhail Bridges did a very good job on him in game two. Uh, that was great to see. And then, you know, we, we briefly touched upon it, but Cam Johnson, he was the highlight for the Brooklyn Nets tonight. 28 points on 11 of 19 from the field, 5 of 11 from 3. Nick, he had a dunk on Joel Embiid. When everybody on the Nets is scared to go in the paint because Joel Embiid's one of the best defensive centers in this league, I'll say it. His presence in the paint is an, as intimidating as anybody to play the position right now. And that's what makes him so valuable. It's not just the fact that offensively he goes for 30 a night. It's that defensively, if you go in the paint, he's going to block the shit out of your shot. Cam Johnson dunked all over him. It was one of the coolest plays I've ever seen from a net. And I've, we, we've seen a lot of, you know, Dunking highlights over the years. You go all the way back to Gerald Green had a few. Um, who else? Who else has had good dunking highlights for the Nets? I mean, you want to go way back, Vincent. Gerald uh, Wallace. Gerald Wallace. No, nah, I'm not putting him in there. Richard Martin, Jefferson. A-train. There you go. We, we, we've had some guys who could dunk the basketball, but I don't know if I've ever seen anybody catch a body like Cam Johnson caught Joel Embiid tonight. So that was awesome. Uh, and then the final note. The, the final note, Nick, is we proved that we can compete with this Philly team. I mean, we had a five-point lead at halftime. We scored 25 in the first and 24 in the second, respectively. And we were getting the Sixers mad. Embiid was frustrated. Harden was frustrated. We had him a little bit shook. And they only scored 19 points in that second quarter. So I'm about, I'll move on to the bad in a second. But as far as the good, you know, did any of that surprise you what we saw tonight? No, I mean, I because I have a question for you. I was thinking this. I wanted to ask you this because I know you said uh, you're t- you're talking about a lot of our guys like Cam Johnson stepped up. Cam Johnson stepped up because Dinwiddie uh, Bridges got his 21 points, but it wasn't pretty. Dinwiddie didn't have a great game. My question to you is: I see Cam Thomas got a DNP. Cam Thomas had four minutes in the first game. He got a DNP in the second. My, why? Listen, Cam Thomas is an interesting feller because he has X factor. He can score the shit out of the ball. He's not a good defender. He's not a good passer. He's the guy we put in when we're resting our stars and he ends up with 40 points. I, I acknowledge that he's not an elite player at this point in his career. He's young. He's got potential. But when our best players aren't playing well, aren't shooting well, I know we were somewhat in the game tonight, but Dinwiddie wasn't playing great. Joe Harris had a freaking you got guys like Mikhail Bridges who didn't start off great. Why aren't we maybe putting Cam Thomas in the third just to see if he can get an offensive spark? That's my question to you. 
Yeah, it's a great question. And they asked, they asked Jacques Vaughn that question, um, you know, after the game. I think that Cam Thomas is a liability defensively. I, th- I think that he is a guy that the Sixers would want to attack in uh, a pick-and-roll situation with Embiid. Um, and I think that while, yes, he's a shot maker, he can get hot, he's a microwave, his decision-making on offense can be a little bit questionable at times. And look, we've seen him go off in losing efforts against weaker competition. I, I, I understand it might make sense, you know, if you're down 2-0 and, and in that first half you really can't get anything going in game three in Brooklyn, it might make sense to, to give him some run, but I'd look at it as a very last resort. Seth Curry tends to play well against the Sixers team. He, he knows where to be on the court. Um, he actually drew a charge tonight. He, he makes winning plays. Like the Nets did not lose this game because of Seth Curry. I, I, I thought Seth Curry gave them, you know, nine points and four assists in 20 minutes. Uh, he was a minus one which was actually the second best plus minus on the team. Joe Harris was somehow a plus 19, but that doesn't make sense because he was terrible tonight. Um, yeah, I, I, I understand. Like, it might make sense, but you, you have to weigh the pros and the cons with a guy like Cam Thomas. And I just think that the cons in a series like this, they're very evident. So, yeah, if the offense doesn't pick up, throw him in there, but don't, you know, all of a sudden start him next game and, yeah, I, I can see Vaughn turning that way if if your role players continue not to hit shots. And with that, I think it's time to get into the bad of this game. So here, here's here's some bad. You let Tyrese Maxey shoot a million threes, which kind of was a pick-your-poison type deal. If you were slowing down Embiid and you were slowing down Harden, you just didn't have an, an answer for Maxey. And it's hard to slow down those three guys. So you, he was the guy you kind of let go off. He had 33, tw- uh, 13 to 23 from the field, 6 of 13 from three. But it, every single shot just seemed like it was wide open for him. So that's probably something that the Nets want to work into their game plan. If you're going to leave guys wide open, let it be P.J. Tucker. Let it be McDaniels. L- let it be Embiid from three. He's not Embiid's not a better three-point shooter than Tyrese Maxey is. Um, but yeah, it's a tough team. They're a tough team. So that was the one sort of, yeah, they're a tough team. They're a tough team. I like Yang to be honest. And he loves, he he barely, he barely played tonight. So here, here were my three keys for the nets to losing this game. Number one did not get offensive rebounds. Philadelphia had 13 offensive rebounds to the nets. Five, they had 56 total rebounds to the Nets, 33. That is not a stat that usually bodes well if you're the Brooklyn Nets. You cannot get out-rebounded like that, and you cannot give up 13 offensive rebounds. Joel Embiid had 19. Tobias Harris had 12. P.J. Tucker had 8. Thoughts on the... Awful rebounding for the Brooklyn Nets tonight. I mean, listen, I expected to get out-rebounded. The Sixers have unbelievable size, and we are now – I mean, we didn't play Dayron Sharp this game, but if we don't play – we're playing Claxton 21 minutes, and then we're playing Dinwiddie, Bridges, Cam 41, Royce 36, Finney Smith 27. 
we're going so small against a team that is just overall a bigger size team from their three to five position. So I expect to get out rebounded 10 to 15 a game. We could stick around if that's the case. I mean, bro, getting out rebounded 56 to 33, you will never win a game unless you can shoot 90, 90% from the field. So it's, it's that's, that's at a point where like, I know didn't have the minutes to to fight more. We kind of accepted our fate in that regard, but that's gross, dude. Like that's gross. Okay. That's key. Number one to why we lost this game. Key number two to why we lost this game. And I want to emphasize, this is the least most important key out of the three keys. The Nets did not get a lot of calls tonight. Joel Embiid got his, you know, went to the line eight times. He was eight for eight from the line. Uh, There were a few no calls. There was a Cam Johnson no call that Vaughn went nuts on where it was a fast break. Curry Curry gave a nice bounce pass to Cam Johnson. He went up. Embiid pretty much – I'm sorry, it was Harden. Harden with the body stayed in front of him. He was in the restricted area, so it definitely should have been a foul. And it was a cool block because as Johnson went up with it, Embiid just threw it, basically uh, swatted that shit out of there. Um, that should have been a foul. Then there was a Seth Curry no call where Seth Curry took it to the rack. He didn't get the foul call. It just seemed like every single time that the Nets needed a call to go their way, it didn't. And listen, you can't depend on getting those calls when you're on the road. Joel Embiid's a superstar. He's going to get those ticky-tack. You, you'll, you'll see some replays. There was a play with uh, him and Royce where they locked arms, and Joel Embiid hit the deck like, like Royce O'Neal was Andre the Giant or something. It, it absolutely – like he – for a superstar that gets the calls, he flaps around a lot, flops around a lot. I'm sorry. And um, it's annoying because he just, he basically exaggerates every single bit of contact and he's better than that. So that was the the numbers, you know, two key to the Nets losing. And Nick, you ready for the number three key to why we lost this game? Yeah, me. We didn't score. You yeah, that's a problem. Shooting sub you, 40% from three and from two is a problem. You can't win a basketball game if you don't score. I'm not going to lie to you, bro. So I had a I had a men's league game tonight. We scored. We shot pretty well. We scored 50 yeah. points as a team in two 20-minute halves. The Nets scored 84 points in 48 minutes of professional basketball. We were not that far off from this Nets team if we had played another, right? If we had matched their 48 minutes and played another eight minutes, we probably would have scored, you know, 65, 70 points. We're close to the Brooklyn Nets in a in a professional NBA playoff game. That's pathetic. It was embarrassing. It was it was really embarrassing because there were a lot of moments in that second half where if one other guy stepped up, not named Cam Johnson or Mikhail Bridges or Seth Curry. I'll give Seth Curry credit because he was man enough to take some shots. He 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 hit, you know, a few he hit one three, he had a few twos. Um, he actually got fouled taking a three, so he went two or three from the line. But outside of those three guys, I mean, nobody else stepped up to the plate and was able to score the basketball. Dinwiddie was five of 14, one of three from three in 41 minutes for 12 points. He had 14 points in game one, 12 points in game two, only six assists for Dinwiddie. He's been averaging nine, uh, you know, average nine for the Nets in the regular season. He just looks shook. 
I, I don't know where his confidence has gone. When he's missing shots, he's missing shots badly. They're bricks. They're not even like the in and out shots that look good, feel good, but just no, he is absolutely shooting bricks at the basket. Um, I, I hope to see him play better at home, but look, we had Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, right? And we traded them for four guys. And the two guys we traded Kevin Durant for have lived up to expectation. The two guys that we traded Kyrie Irving for have not. They just haven't. Um, and, and, you know, yeah, Dinwiddie, all, I, and I yeah. liked Finney. I was very excited about Finney Smith. I mean, listen, we both loved Dinwiddie, former net, a guy that absolutely crushed in the bubble, never going to be a one. Uh, you could maybe get by him as a number two. So you, can, you can maybe have as a number two scorer on the team. Is that team a championship contender? I'm not sure, but I'm most disappointed in Finney Smith because that dude is supposed to come on as a good three and D role player. He, hit, he was hitting his open shots in Dallas the past couple of years. He's 29 years old. He's kind of at the prime of his career. That, to me, I agree, has been super disappointing. I know he came on cold, and I really thought that would just be like a little phase. It would fizzle out. We'd start playing his game. Hasn't happened. And and sorry to, to get off that topic for a sec, but I know Joe Harris minutes has been pushed out of the rotation. But what makes me sad about that is this – the connotation of like playoff Joe just going got, like, you know, every year just being completely gone, not hitting shots. And, and it just kind of has continued. And now he's not even get the opportunity to redeem himself. Well, he, I mean, look, you're, you're wrong because what did he play in the first game? He played um, Joe Harris played 14 minutes in the first game, 13 minutes in this game, but Nick, th- Bro, 13 minutes, to have it. He, he's part of the playoff rotation. Guys like you to want to nabe, Sharp. Cam Thomas, you're not seeing to the make floor. It, but that's not enough to make an impact. I mean, look at the numbers, right? 14 minutes, one for three, 13 but minutes, over oh two. It's, it's My not point that. is it's, it's, he, he's not getting open, Nick. He can't get open. The the, the gap for It's error. unfortunate. I'm not saying we need to play him more. I'm just saying yeah, we, need to, we need to play him less. He provides no value on the court if he's not hitting his three-point shots. Absolutely none. And the thing is, it's not even that he's not hitting them. He can't get open. The error in playoff basketball, for, for the, the, the error of margin in playoff basketball is so much smaller than it is in the regular season, right? In the regular season, there are a bunch of missed rotations on defense, and Joe Harris ends up with a lot of wide-open threes. And he hits most of those wide-open threes. But Philadelphia is the third-best team in the East. They know how to you know defend the three-point line. They understand, hey, here's the game plan to beat the Nets. Okay. And B, you got the paint, and everybody else covered the three-point line. They went zone in that third quarter, Nick. Doc Rivers, who I think is not a good coach, but I'll give him credit where credit is due. They went zone in that third quarter, and the Nets did not know what to do because Dinwiddie wasn't feeling it. And by the way, did you see the shit that him and Kuzma talked? Had... Yeah, I did been you... shitty. I saw that. Wait, but so, I'm yeah. going to let you know. Do you know what Joe yeah. Harris's plus-minus was tonight? It was plus 19. It's just because they have – they happened to play decent when he was on the court, but that's not because of him. That was kind of because of luck. I get that, yeah. but but why not ride the hot hand? Not even he wasn't the hot hand. He had zero points. Ride the hot hand. Ride the hot lineup. If we're plus nineteen with a specific lineup, Nick, why weird. wouldn't you try to get back to that at some point? Because guys were just scoring the ball while he was in there, but he wasn't doing anything. Well, I don't know. Was that a tension that was on him that was causing other no, people to get no open? Attention. No, um, But yes, I saw the beef between Kuzma and Dinwiddie. He called him Dinwiddie. So, so here's my thing, right? I looked at that and think and thought, 
All right, if you're going to talk shit like that in public, you better back it up with a six series. And so far, Dinwiddie shit to bed. And that's disappointing for me because I really like Spence. I like his game, but you can just see it. He's he's not confident in his decision-making right now. The the way he's playing, I I mean, he, he only had one turnover, but... It just it just looks unnatural, and for some reason they they go Dinwiddie with a lot of isolations, and I don't like that. Get get Dinwiddie in a pick and roll, get him moving with something towards the basket so he can kick it out. I, I don't need to see him isolate Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey's not a bad defender. I know Dinwiddie's got a little size on him, but I hated those calls. So all right, Dinwiddie, you want to look at the bright side, Nick? Because we can turn this into another segment called "They Can't Play Worse." Dinwiddie can't play worse than he's played in two games. He really can't. Same with Joe Harris. Same with Royce O'Neal. If you recall, we're going to get to Nick Claxton in a bit because I haven't forgotten about Nick Claxton. We're not letting him off the hook. If you recall, in the regular season towards the end, nobody was more important to this Nets team than Royce O'Neal. A few big shots. He was stroking it from three. This is a guy that, you know, we traded – I forgot who the pick ended up being, but we traded a pick for Royce O'Neal, first round pick. And uh, he he proved that, you know, even without KD and Kyrie, he was worth that value in the regular season. Has not been the case in the playoffs. Has not been the case. He was two of 11 tonight, two of nine from three, six points. Just, just an abysmal performance for him. He can't play worse than he played tonight. And then finally... We can get to Nick Claxton. I don't even know what to say at this point. I understand Joel Embiid's the MVP of, of the league. And I get that B-ball Paul, shout out to Paul Reed, pretty good backup center. Six points and three rebounds for him in 11 minutes in this game. Yeah, actually, uh, a few a few boards that helped them. Um, Nick Claxton has disappeared in pretty much both these games. Zero points in 21 minutes, six rebounds, two assists, three personal fouls. He, he just has not made his presence known on offense at all on defense. He's been okay. Um, but I'd, I'd like to see more than, than zero points from my starting center, Nick, especially when Dayron Sharp's not playing and you're going to go small. Hey, you man. All right. Let me look at my notes and see if I have anything else on this game. Uh, oh, Okay, two two more quick bullet points here. Uh, play him more, Seth Curry. Definitely want to see him play more. Played 20 minutes tonight, but I think it was the outside of Joe Harris. It was the second least on the team. And then also they shouldn't play Joe Harris. Joe Harris needs to be out of this rotation. I think guys like Edmund Sumner, Yuta Watanabe, um, even Patty Mills at this point can give you a little bit more than Joe Harris could because Mills is just a little bit quicker and uh, he, he can sort of fill in for that. Uh, we just we just lost Nick. I I think Mills can can match Joe Harris's production. I don't think he's that far off um, on defense either. We just got Nick back. Sorry, Nick. I was actually saying I'd rather see Patty Mills over Joe Harris. Seth Curry was a minus one, and Joe Harris was a plus nineteen tonight. So like I like I don't even get what you're saying half the time. Seth Curry looks slow. He looks old. He looks like in a relationship to Doc Rivers. It's his father-in-law. So he should play more because they're related? That's motivation, bro. That's – that's you want to shut your father-in-law up. Yeah, you should play more. Um, 
if you had to pick one player to crack the Nets rotation, this current eight-man rotation, who's not playing right now, who would it be? Would it be Cam Thomas? I would like to see. I would like to see Cam Thomas in a situation like this, where whatever we're doing doesn't seem to be working. We're losing steam, and we need some sort of offensive push. I I want to see Cam Thomas come out, see if he can get hot. Give him five minutes. If he doesn't, great. We keep doing what we're doing. It's kind of like it's just a test. It's it's. It's one of those things where you throw shit against the wall until something sticks. And these first two games, we didn't even try it because and 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 we blew both. So yeah, that's something I think is important. Um, I also want Jacques to be looking at those plus minus numbers during the game. There's a lineup that seems to be creating open shots for people. Listen, I, I'm guessing there's coaches that are doing that back behind the scenes. But if a guy's plus 19 like Joe Harris, I don't care if he hit one shot or not. Whoever he is playing with in that moment, chemistry-wise, is working. Okay. Um, all, right. all right. Sure. Let's go sure. to game one. Game one, 121-101, uh, Nets loss. See, this game was a lot less close, and I, I didn't hate this game. I just thought that the Nets needed to find their footing. Uh, Mikhail Bridges was ridiculous. 30 points, 12 of 18 from the field, two of four from three. He had a really, really strong game. Um, your second leading scorer was Cam Johnson with 18, actually shot the ball pretty well, 7-11 from the field, four of six from three. Uh, but outside of those two guys, no one else really gave you much. And also pretty much everybody from Philadelphia ate in this game. James Harden had 23 points. He hit seven three-pointers. He also had 13 assists. This was one of those games that it seemed easy for James Harden. And that is a recipe for disaster for the Brooklyn Nets. If you have James Harden pretty much not struggling at all and, and scoring 23 and 13 in 36 minutes, I mean, he was 8 of 21 from the field. He did not even have a great shooting game, but he controlled the game. Embiid, 26 points, 11 of 11 from the line. He did his thing. And then, look, if I had to pick an MVP for the Sixers in these first two games, it's been Tobias Harris. 21 points for Toby, 9 of 14 from the field, 3 of 3 from three-point range. He has been that guy that whenever the Nets are, are looking to make a run, it almost feels like Tobias Harris is just going to get a basket. Um, you know, he's been matched up with Dinwiddie a lot. That's been a pretty easy matchup for him. Uh, yeah. That, that's, Bro, you know what's I mean, funny? I, we yeah. lost by more in the first game than the second game. We lost by 21 in the, fir- uh, 20 in mm-hmm. the first game. We lost by 12 in the second we played much better in the first game. We shot 55%. Offensively, yeah. No, we don't do. We shot 55% from the field, and we got out-rebounded by three, 38 to 35. We got out-rebounded by 23 in the second game. And if you're looking at Claxton's minutes, obviously 30 compared to 21 from game one to game two, that's going to have a big impact uh, rebounding-wise. But the only story of game one was that the Sixers shot 50% from three. I mean, that game was the most annoying game because I had no problem with how the Nets were playing. Listen, is there always little things we can do better? Is there always shots down the stretch that we could work for instead of sometimes people hucking them up or taking early possession shots, early shot clock shots? Dayron Sharp came in, looked solid, had some big rebounds and some big finishes. Bridges had 30, Johnson 18, Dinwiddie 14, Curry 10. Like, we shot – the ball well. We were even 45% from three. The problem is the Sixers just shot a little better. We did uh, uh, have 19 turnovers compared to the Sixers' eight, which was a problem, especially in the second half. But I really liked the way the Nets played this basketball game. We were going 
shot for shot. We were hitting big threes right back with them. The problem was they ended up being more consistent from the perimeter. And listen, better players sometimes are going to step up in better in bigger situations. But at least with the first game, we were neck and neck until it kind of slipped out of our hands after the fourth. We were hitting big shots. They just literally had one of the best shooting nights. I don't remember the exact stat. There was, I know listening to that game, there was some record that the Sixers were either approaching or had passed for the most three-pointers made uh, in a playoff game. So that to me is an anomaly. Game two was an annoyance. Game one was an anomaly. Right. I, I, I 100% agree that the game two loss hurt more than the game one loss because, yeah, you tip your cap. You had six guys for the 76ers. One, two, three. I'm sorry. One, two, three, four, five, six. That shot that made two or more three pointers, which is insane if you think about it. Um, and then you had McDaniel's who hit one, and Embiid hit one. Um, yeah, everyone on the Sixers hit shots in this game. Like everyone who played, minus the garbage time guys, pretty much scored. Yeah. Um, and you really couldn't get mad at the Nets. It seemed like. You know, every single quarter, they were a few plays away from winning the quarter, right? They lost the first quarter by five, second quarter by four, third quarter by three. It seemed like they were improving every quarter in that first game, and then they just got smacked in the fourth quarter. They really had no answer. You yeah. know what hurts? You know what hurts? Yeah. Oh, you know what hurts a slightly bit less than when James Harden hits a big shot? is when P.J. Tucker hits a three in the corner yeah. to, to, to kind of seal like a big lead. I respect P.J. Tucker as just like a Pat Bev type, uh, a hustler, a solid defender, a guy who gives is all every single game. He's not afraid to take a shot. But when that dude with his ugly ass elbowy shot hits a three pointer in, in a big game situation in the playoffs, I just want to punch a fucking hole in a wall. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and, you know, what drives me nuts about PJ Tucker is the dude had seven rebounds in game one, eight rebounds in game two. He's six five, right? Like, why can't other guys he wants it more on our team? Because he wants it more, right. Um, yeah, not much to say about this game. We, we just got smacked. The Sixers didn't miss. We turned the ball over a lot. But look, I, I look at the stats, and I, I, I don't want to kill Spencer Dinwiddie. 14 points, four turnovers, seven assists, one of five from three. He's got to be better. He has to be better. Nick Claxton, five points, 10 rebounds. He was a minus twenty. Um, yeah, that's that. That was that was game one, you know. And uh, I agree with you. I, th- I thought we actually played a little bit better in game one as a team, but in in, in game two, defensively we kind of had them figured out. Offensively, we couldn't get it done. So that's that's what it is. Down 0-2. You know, next few games are in Brooklyn. Game it's three. Game is- three. Is everything game three yeah. is yeah there there's no coming back for let's be realistic from an 03 unless it's a goddamn miracle and we're already we're already playing a better team so game three is everything we got if that means hopefully going to cam thomas if we need to i hope we don't have to get to that point but i'm i'm hoping Jacques Vaughn is open to it because it gets to a point if you're losing in game three and what your original game plan is whatever your plan is wasn't working you right. gotta spice it up so Listen, I want to I, I read you Vaughn's uh, quote about Cam Thomas, by the way, because they asked him. And his quote was, if I felt like we were struggling to get looks, maybe that could be an answer. But I thought the looks that we got were good. I thought they were makeable shots. Is Cam Thomas in the back of my brain? Yes. And he knows that. Could he play when we get back to Brooklyn? Yes. 
but I didn't think we were struggling to get looks. The ball just didn't go in. The one thing I forgot to mention in that game two loss, Royce O'Neal, almost every single shot he took was wide open. Dinwiddie yeah. had a few wide open threes, right? Like these, I'm not talking about contested shots. I'm talking about wide open shots. I, listen, so, I get, I get that, but they're also shots that aren't going in. Like, right, so, right, so right, to right, me, right. the logic of Jacques Vaughn is like, listen, my guys are getting looks. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, but it's like, okay, great. They're getting looks, but they're not shooting a high percentage. So I, I get that he wants to trust in his guys. To me, that's not really an answer. Like an answer would be we were we were shooting lights out and the Sixers just outscored us like in game one. That's why Cam Thomas didn't go in. But giving game two a we had open looks, they just weren't going in. Yeah, they weren't going in. So it'd make a change. All right, Nick. This is a good podcast. You should Very rename passionate. this podcast the Play Cam Thomas Podcast. No, because that's let's look. No, you're part of that camp, bro. You and a bunch of Nets fans are part of that. Oh, we gotta see Cam Thomas. We gotta see Cam Thomas. He's gonna come in. He's gonna score like. 30 if they play him a million minutes the nets are going to lose by 20 he's not the impact player you I think know, he is i know I i'm just is, i'm just i'm looking i'm, I'm grasping listen I, i'll tell you this vaughn has tried different stuff dayron sharp did not play in this game they went small that was not the case in game that was that was, sharp in game that was a mistake that was a mistake well i don't know maybe it was maybe it wasn't um i thought royce I did mean, a decent it, job on out- it's hard to say, right? We lost, we lost by twelve, but got re- out rebounded by twenty, and it's like we still made it a somewhat closer game, even though it was kind of an ugly, even though it was kind of an uglier game. Not, not to, not to bring back an old Fireside Nets reference, Nick, and our, our true fans will know this one, but uh, we don't have enough bang guys. We don't have enough bang guys, and I really thought we were going to get someone in the off season. I know there were guys like Demarcus Cousins and Dwight well, Howard, P- like PJ like Tucker, were- great bang guy. Yeah, but I think we need a little more size than that. Like P.J. Tucker, okay. like a Dorian Finney-Smith kind of fills what P.J. Tucker does to me. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's like a – but I think he's like a fake bang guy. It's like a fake No, that's not situation. true. I don't want to take – Dorian Finney-Smith had a few man rebounds tonight, so I give him credit. All right, Nick, it's getting late. It's like 11, 10 p.m. on Tuesday night. I'm Monday night, I'm sorry. Uh, I got to go to sleep, but listen. Thank you guys for listening to Fireside Nets, brought to you by Empire Sports Media with your hosts, Ben Harris and Nick. Please just keep some hope. Keep the faith. Thursday, this Nets team. Thursday, 420, Hitler's birthday, National Smoking Weed Day. What about the Nets game? The Nets game's on Wednesday. No, I'm, I'm saying when the next game is, you dumb, dumb. It's on Thursday. Oh, it's on Thursday? Damn. Thursday at 7.30, back in Brooklyn. Maybe I'll try to fucking scalp some tickets. We'll see. All right. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, catch you on the fire side.